Hello from Education International in Brussels. This is Ed Voices, a podcast of global education news and advocacy. EI is more than 400 teacher and educator unions and professional associations in 173 countries representing 32 million members. Here's your host. My name is Holdis Holst. I'm Deputy General Secretary of Education International. And today I have the privilege of sitting here with Kailash Satyari. Kailash, you are a renowned Indian child rights activist. You are a Nobel Prize Peace Laureate. And uh, in my experience, you are very good at mobilizing and organizing and taking the lead on topics that you believe in. You will address our Eighth World Congress in Bangkok. And the theme of that Congress is educators and their unions taking the lead. How would you like us to take the lead as educators and trade unions? Thank you, Heldis. I'm really excited to be with many, many, many of my colleagues, educators, because my own career began as an educator. I taught in the university, so you can understand. And I understand not only the value of educators, but also emotion. So um, I see four areas. One is, uh, and they they are all challenges. One is a growing threat of uh, unemployment. Secondly, inequalities in all spheres of life. Thirdly, shrinking the space for civil rights and human rights in this new uh, politics of neo-nationalism and ultra-nationalism and whatnot. Then the fourth thing is shrinking the soul of globalization. So all these four uh, areas cover social, political, and spiritual dimensions, economic dimensions. So how educators can push hard to address the threat of growing unemployment in the world? And that is a big threat. This is still a threat, but in the future, it would be even bigger. are not able to solve the problem. The second thing is we know that inequality is uh, a crime, but this is mother of many, many crimes. And it is a violence and perpetuates further violence in all fields, inequality. That has to be addressed through education, and educators should take the lead because they are the shapers of the world future. And. Thirdly, we have achieved right to education in most countries. But how we are going to achieve rights through education? So we have to push hard to achieve rights through education. And nobody else can do. Governments are not going to give this uh, in, in a plate. So educators have to show the leadership. And finally, the globalization issue. I and you all know that how uh, the the markets and economies and productions, uh, technologies uh, have been globalized. 
but that had created a lot of good and bad both. And to restore or revitalize the soul of globalization means gratitude, interdependency, respect for uh, you know disagreements or respect for uh, dissent voices and plurality, etc. This is the time to globalize compassion. And globalization of compassion is not only possible, but educators and leadership and Education International and all of us have to work hard together that how we can globalize compassion for humanity and for planet both. Oh, that was beautiful. I love that goal of uh, globalizing compassion that it is it's going into the the soul and the good values of what we should strive for and that also means that we're talking about the future generations because we're in this to prepare a compassionate world for yeah. the young people and uh, i thought perhaps you could tell us a little bit more about how you're working with young people you have the can they started the campaign the hundred million campaign where you call for a world where children are free safe and educated that would be a world of compassion, wouldn't it? What are you? What are the next steps of that campaign? Well, in all my uh, struggle for the betterment of humanity through children, the young people, the children, and the teachers mm. are like two of my eyes, two ears, two hands. Mm. I have one soul, but they combine one soul because education is the soul. So I uh, strongly believe that these young people are not the future leaders or they are not tomorrow, they are today. They are leaders of today. Because they are stronger than many, many uh, uh, other sections of society, they are purer, they are straightforward, they are full of energy and so on. So these youth should sit on the driving seat. Mm -hmm. No voices, no actions could be more compelling and effective and powerful than the voices of children young people if they speak out and act for other young people in the world. Mm -hmm. So with this idea, we have launched this campaign, uh, 100 million, 400 million. Mm -hmm. 100 million, roughly, young people are victims mm -hmm. of violence, chronic violence, mm -hmm. slavery, trafficking, etc., refugee crisis. On the other hand, hundreds of millions of youth are willing to take up the challenge. They wanted to do something good for the humanity, but sometimes they don't have purpose, sometimes they don't have platforms, so even they express themselves in a smaller way here and they are doing some voluntary work mm -hmm. or uh, using social media on the environment issues or other issues. So we tried to create this platform uh, and of course that was not possible without uh, the partnership and a strong collaboration with the educators and the education unions, uh, apart from other civil society organizations. So within two years, it has grown uh, in 35 countries where the youth are demanding policy changes for the betterment of other youth. Uh, that includes laws and, and, and uh, uh, enforcement of laws, but also budgetary allocations. So this way, we are trying to create a new culture, a new civilization where youth will connect uh, closely and converse instead of these two constituencies of uh, deprived people, have-nots or left out young people 
and uh, the better of young people are going into different directions. Mm -hmm. So through this campaign, we wanted to uh, converge them. How do you see that we as uh, educators and uh, unions can support this campaign? Because it's about the young people taking, uh, taking the lead. So educators are there in every nook and corner of the world. So mm -hmm. in terms of outreach, that is, that is the biggest benefit. Mm -hmm. And secondly, they are more sensitive about the issues of children than anyone else. Mm -hmm. We have to give little bit spark. We have to give little bit, uh, you know, uh, inspiration or motivation and mm -hmm. they flare up and I have, have experienced in all my life during the global march against child labor during the global campaign for education and everything even in India in my country so uh, if the teachers uh, and unions take the lead uh, in, in, in those countries and sensitize young people to be uh, the leaders in this hundred million campaign that is very much possible and that is easier than doing something else. If we go and talk to every single uh, child, it would be difficult. But if a teacher or a headmaster in a school mm -hmm. speaks to 1,000 children or say 20 children, uh, most of them would be sensitized and get active. Because in spite of all these you know, difficulties, teachers are still the models and icons for most of the students. And uh, that is very important to keep up. If Teachers give the purpose and passion and path to the young people. Mm -hmm. That would be the biggest contribution to the humanity. I think that's beautiful and that very many of my colleagues in the profession would very much feel that you speak to the heart of their teaching profession, that that is what they're there for. Of course, we have to teach children to read and write, but we also have to, to support them yeah. in being active citizens yeah. in their own lives. Yeah. I, I strongly feel and I have, uh, always say that the teachers are the gift of God. The God has chosen very specially that you are a majestic, a match that is going to ignite one candle, two candles, hundred thousand, millions of candles mm -hmm. and that is, uh, that will multiply because then these candles are going to lit up other candles mm -hmm. but the teachers have to make sacrifice as the majestic does mm -hmm. just light one two ten candle go say goodbye to the world mm -hmm. but you will enlighten the world this way and you Kailash have lit very many lights and the teacher the, also you are a teacher too <laughs> yes but I uh, you've also gone the extra mile and you were so kind as to let us at Education International have a preview of the documentary, The Price of Free, which very much shows a lot of the work you have done to be able to light those lights. And it gives us a little view of the challenges of working to support children for them to be able to be free and to release them from slavery that actually still resists. How can you tell us a little bit about that work on the ground? Because it's not just about advocating to world leaders. Absolutely. Uh, if you are struggling on the ground and bringing about changes, then you have much more stronger and compelling voice. You have much more deeper arguments than the academic arguments. So that I have learned uh, right from the beginning that when I go and free the children uh, physically and 
uh, hand them over back to their mothers, their fathers, who lost all their hopes that they, they can ever hug their children back. Mm -hmm. And when uh, the, the uh, tears of joy rolls down on the faces of those mothers, I could see the glimpse of God. I could see uh, the, a new light, uh, not only in them, but inside me. And I feel liberated uh, when it happens, when the children uh, smile with freedom and uh, start building uh, trust and confidence with the humanity. So uh, we have learned a lot in doing direct actions. So it was very risky. I lost two of my colleagues. I was beaten up several times. My office was looted and burned. I have my broken leg. My right shoulder is broken. My backbone is broken. My uh, skull has fractures. All kind of things happen. But uh, I always believe that if I'm alive, nothing is lost. If I die, nothing is lost. Mm. So, so uh, why don't I use uh, this life uh, to to do something good? Uh, and feel good. And uh, this is also a kind of selfish thing. I'm feeling good in doing so, so I'm, I'm happy about it. Yeah. But it, um, you know, wa watching that film, it becomes so evident that the strong forces that are trying to hinder you and others in letting these children be free. And that can sometimes astonish you because you want to believe in the, the best in human beings. But you say yourself, you have suffered. Yeah. So, Helis, frankly speaking, this film is not even 10% of the work we do mm. and we did, or my life. This is tiny bit of it because they wanted to make a story uh, and they did it very well. So the prize of free is definitely uh, a kind of a symbol or a kind of uh, proof, I would say proof, that change is possible. Freedom is inevitable. Education cannot wait. Education is knocking the door through young people, through teachers, through social workers, because education is also freedom. Mm -hmm. So uh, it is not just the academic issue. It's a very deep issue. Every child is born as free. Every child is born with the divine right to learn. Mm -hmm. And that brings education. So the, this prize of free uh, helps in Mm -hmm. um, establishing this fact that everyone wants freedom, everyone wants learning, education, dream, good life, uh, peace and happiness. So uh, this is a journey from darkness to life, light. This is a journey mm -hmm. from hopelessness or helplessness to hope and confidence. This is a journey of uh, 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 knowledge from ignorance. Mm -hmm. So. This is a combination of several factors. Mm. But uh, the story is so powerful. Sometimes, I have seen it many times, but each time when I see the tears come in mm. my eyes. Mm. Although you've actually lived it. I lived it, I'm yes. living it. Uh, and, and that sort of brings me to what has driven you through all these years of unyielding activism that keeps you going? As I said, that I am selfish, I enjoy it. And I could not think doing anything else if I was not doing this. Uh, but uh, uh, there is nothing precious than the uh, smile of freedom on the faces of those children. This is, there's nothing precious than my children score 
good marks in schools and their teachers mm -hmm. and headmasters come to my wife Sumedha and me that uh, what kind of nursing and education or uh, uh, parenthood you are giving to your hundreds of children and they always stood first in their class and not only first but the most important thing our children do who live in ashram with us or who are freed in the past that they help other children mm -hmm. they do not think twice to uh, to be uh, a kind of um, you know help of some for someone who is in, in, in trouble in the classroom or outside um, and that is the most important thing because they are ambassadors of compassion along with ambassadors of freedom and education. Mm. I think it's uh, what you are describing that we can relate very well to as being part of the trade union movement because it's very similar to what created the modern trade union movement, the feeling that it's collectively by standing up for each other yeah. through, through compassion, yes, but also through the, the need to be free and independent in your own right. Yeah, justice. Yes. Justice is the key. And, uh, and perhaps many of uh, the educator friends may not be knowing that I started as a teacher in the university uh, of electrical engineering. But after that, I spent a few years as a journalist and, uh, and published a, and edited a magazine that was devoted for this cause only, for mm -hmm. children and women uh, who are most marginalized. And then I started as a trade union uh, activist. So I am um, so proud to say that uh, uh, the first two major unions and the largest ever unions in two sectors, one was stone mining, stone quarry mm -hmm. workers, and the second one was brick and workers, were conceived and and founded by my colleagues and me, um, that they were the first unions of their kind, not only to demand for uh, better wages or we have to build the rights and an environment uh, uh, of uh, collective bargaining, but also we brought other social issues, gender issues, environmental issues 40 years ago in our unions and hundreds of thousands of people supported that and that was also the path. That, that's great and that I think that relates very well to the work we're still doing and also to the themes uh, we are discussing at the World Congress with the range of resolutions that are about education, are about rights, are yeah. about quality, or about democracy. So yeah. it's having the broad view of the society we want. Is there anything else that you would like to share with the delegates at the Congress or anyone listening out there in the world? I would say that when we talk of 263 million children in the world who have to be in schools, and they are not, when we talk of 152 million children who are toiling and producing wealth for us or comfort for us in making clothes and shoes and chocolates and whatnot, when we are talking of 50 million children who are on move and looking for a safe place because they are either refugees, uh, they are victims of uh, uh, conflicts and violence, or they are victims of global warming and climate mm -hmm. change and displaced from their homes and countries. Whose children are they? Whose children are they? Every educator should feel like a parent of not only two, three, ten children, but all those hundreds of millions of children 
they are all our children mm-hmm. they are all our children they are all our children thank you so much kailash for being that voice for our children thank you for being such a good friend of education international over very many years and i promise that we will do our best to support your work also in the future thank you heldis to get the latest global education news and advocacy subscribe to ed voices on your favorite podcast app or anytime on soundcloud and as always tell a friend spread the word and please give us a review on itunes bye for now bye